0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where I, each week, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school, I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology. But the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone um, I've chatted with last season, and I've still not met in person, but we both are uh, content creators and bloggers for the Live Today Well Collective. She also has her own blog and is the creator of Early AM Coffee with Jesus. And she's also a member of the Catholic Mom Collective. It's Jen Schumerman. Welcome, Jen.
1: Hi, thank you.
0: Thanks for being back here. What's been going on since
1: we last chatted last season? Oh, oh my goodness. I feel like I'm just sort of running through life. I, that's how I always mm-hmm. feel, I guess, keeping up with, with the craziness of, of life. I have two teenage boys who kind of keep me running in a mm-hmm. trillion different directions uh, on top of, of work. Um, I'm a physician assistant. We, we mentioned that last time. But I, mm-hmm. I'm a PA. I treat liver disease. Um, so between work and stuff with the kids and regular life, just sort of a bunch of directions.
0: It's amazing how like life has totally gone well. I, I feel like this year was crazier than ever. I don't know if you feel the same way. It's like twenty twenty two. I was hoping would be more chill and normal, and it has not been. <laughs> yeah, no, case at all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that didn't happen. And I guess now, just because of the stage we're at, we're adding all sort of extra exciting things like you know, a a son who's driving and ACT Mm -hmm. preparation and, and Mm -hmm. college visits, like just all sorts of things that we didn't have to think about before, but, but they grow up. So now, now we do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think for me, it's been like all the stuff that we didn't do in 2020 and we weren't sure if we could do, and we probably still shouldn't do, but we're doing now. It's just a scheme ahead. Like, you know, it's just, it's been crazy this year. I just, I feel like I haven't even really gotten to hang out with my friends because we're all catching up on stuff from the last year or so.
1: I understand. Yeah. Well, let's
0: get into this verse. Um, we had picked this verse and had hoped to record, I think, last year. Maybe God wanted us to wait uh, for, for this moment. So we're recording in July, and this will probably come out a little bit in the fall. Um, so we'll see where... I just love how people pick passages, and then I listen to it later, and I'm like, oh, man. It means, you know, there's always, depending on where we're at in our life, multiple meanings. So we've, um, we're going to discuss... The Martha and Mary passage from Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. So I'm going to have you read that for us.
1: Okay, we'll do. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made.
0: Okay, so this is a classic passage, and I can't wait to see where our conversation goes. We talked about Martha and Mary on my first season when my friend Kat picked um, the passage about Lazarus and John's gospel. And so Martha and Mary are the sisters of Lazarus. They're all really close friends with Jesus. And where we're at in Luke's gospel, um, the parable of the Good Samaritan has just been told. And as you read at the beginning, Jesus is traveling kind of through and in the kind of center of his ministry. Um, So it's interesting that we're getting introduced to Martha and Mary here in chapter 10, because chapter 10 and in chapter 11, Jesus really is trying to like teach the disciples that are following him, like what it's like, what it's like to be a disciple. And we see that here that he's kind of telling which, you know, I've always feel bad for Martha and we can talk about it, but like, which, you know, how you're supposed to be a disciple and we kind of, you know, in the parable of the Good Samaritan, he teaches them. And um, right after this, he teaches the Lord's prayer. So anyways, there's lots we can get into, but um, why did you pick this passage to chat about, Jen?
1: So I picked this passage really because this passage over the past year, two years, maybe, but especially over this past year, has just become a prime example in my life of the way scripture is alive. And when Mm. I sit with these few verses at one point in my life, at one point in my relationship with Jesus, at one point in my um, own sort of uh, healing journey with, with God, these verses speak very differently to me compared to maybe another season where my relationship Mm -hmm. with Jesus is in a different place or my life is in a different place or where I am in in this whole kind of lifelong healing journey that I think he takes us on. Um, So I I guess when I first suggested, oh, I want to talk about these verses, what I thought we would discuss um, has kind of morphed and changed from then until now. And I just just love the way he does this Mm -hmm. (laughs) with, with these words, with this book. Um, it's like no other book, obviously that, you know, that we ever read.
0: It's so true. I mean, that's why, even though I kind of, I want people to just pick a verse, I could do this so many multiple times with the same verses with different people. And, you know, we'd have so many different conversations or the same people and we'd have different conversations depending on where in our lives, like you said, what season of life we're in. So what, what is speaking to you right now? Like, where are you at with this verse right now? So
1: actually I'm going to back up a teeny bit if it's okay. Mm-hmm. And um kind of walk through what has happened, how this, these, these verses have, have morphed and changed. Um, so in the very beginning, I think before I knew, Scripture well before I, oh geez, don't think that I know scripture well now. Hold on. (laughs) Before, in the very beginning, before I um, really knew how to just sit with scripture and let it speak to me, when I simply read these words for face value on the page and did not allow them to talk, Um, at that point, I don't know that I cared for this passage because I think I, in a quick nutshell, related to Martha. I tend to mm-hmm. be a doer, um, and I felt that what was happening with this passage was Jesus was sort of admonishing mm-hmm. that doer personality, which I felt described me, kind of criticizing it or correcting it, and pointing out, look, there's this better option here, just sit at my feet. And mm-hmm. that sit at my feet option felt very unnatural to me, it didn't feel like how I was <laughs> created, um, mm-hmm. And so I don't know that I necessarily cared for these verses in the beginning. Um, But after I started to realize the beauty of of sitting with scripture and and realized that Jesus could speak to me through these words and through the story that comes through this passage and not just face value on the page, um, things have kind of changed. So at first, I think the verse that really kind of caught my attention was in the beginning, uh, the very beginning, where he talks about the fact that Martha opened her home to him. Now, I know in a few different translations, that wording maybe is different. Some translations that I've looked at say that she welcomed him. Some say she Mm. received him. But this version that I had um, says that she opened her home to him. And I kind of one day felt, as I was sitting with these verses, him say to me, you know, Jen, if I knocked on your door right now and you opened it up and you saw that I was here, would you invite me in? Would you open it up to me? And I kind of looked around the room and I was like, oh my dear, my, my den is a disaster. There's dirty dishes in the sink. Like this place is a mess. Do I want Jesus to come into my mess? Would I feel that I need to first clean up? before inviting him in, before sitting with him? Uh, would I be more comfortable if I'm honest saying, you know, hey, let's go to a coffee shop and like visit somewhere else. So mm-hmm. so you won't have to see my mess. And I can kind of pretend that everything around me is put together and, and nice and neat and orderly the way that I want it to be. Um, and I realized that he went to her, went to her home for a reason, right? And and if he showed up on my porch, it, there would be a reason there. Like he wants me to feel comfortable inviting him into my mess, bringing him my mess, sitting in my mess with him, and he never wants me to feel like I need to clean everything up first before I'm willing to sit with him. So that was so that was one thing. And so then I kind of started to feel like okay, even though so far, you know, or previously I wasn't so thrilled with these verses. Maybe there's actually a lot, um, a lot that, that he can show me and say to me through, through these verses. The next thing that I think kind of jumped out at me as I was going through this passage, um, was, you know, we've got this period where if we kind of reflect on what's happening with Martha, she's got a lot of hard feelings going on. I mean, we, we are told she, she's worried. She's anxious. She's upset. She's distracted. Depending on the version you're reading, some version bur- some versions mention that she felt very burdened mm-hmm. by the work that she was doing. You know, she's got a lot of, of hard feelings that she's encountering throughout these few short verses. Um, And so I kind of started to reflect on what do I do when I am experiencing all of my hard feelings? Um, and, and what Martha did, which I feel like is what he is calling me to do. Um, it says she, she went to him, you know, she had Mm -hmm. these hard feelings. She went right to him. She didn't hide them. She didn't, um, pick up, you know, her phone and start texting her friend yeah, with okay. all of her hard feelings, all of her frustration. Yeah. She went right to the Lord. She didn't allow them to kind of fester into this this deep wound that she would then act from later and, and and cause problems down the road. Like she had these feelings. She went right to God, right to Jesus, sitting next to her saying like, hey, and and I again felt like he was saying to me, can you look at what you do with your heart feelings? Um, Is that what you do with them? Um, Because maybe sometimes I do, but sometimes I don't. Uh, and, And where can we, where can I improve on that? I love, I mean, I think this is, you're
0: just giving like justice for Martha. I think you're right. I think at the face value, this looks like, you know, he's saying what not to do and like that Mary chose. Cause he literally says Mary chose the better part. Right. right. But, um, <laughs> I love that you're, you're honoring Martha for like the good that she did do. Like my version does say that she welcomed him and that's a beautiful thing. Just enough of that, like full stop, like do we want to welcome Jesus, like you were mentioning, kind of like your literal home, but, you know, into our mess, like figuratively, you know, I think that's a beautiful gesture that she was proud of her home and she was, you know, willing to welcome him in and take him in. Like, that's a beautiful gesture. And and I think that we're, that's great that you point that out. And I love how you pointed out too, like that. I think sometimes we do, at least I do, um, I will let things fester or won't go directly to the person or let it blow over. So the fact that she's bothered, mine says, um, burdened with much serving. <laughs> and You're so right. she's, and I, and I've witnessed this, like I have relatives that are like this and I'm, I'm like, you know, I, I definitely can relate to Martha. And so that she goes to him and is, is like straight up with him and just being like, can you tell her to like help me? Like literally, like, can you tell her? And so I, I do. I think we should, instead of looking down on her for that, say she went to him, which is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go to the Lord with, with our burdens, whatever they are. And so I think you're right to point out like the good that she, do, she did. I don't know if you want to respond to
1: that. Well, and I think that once I started to see or once he helped me to see the good that was still there in Martha Mm -hmm. and that Martha and her, her character here in this passage could teach me, could um, speak to me in a, 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 an instructive and formative manner. Then I became number one, less hesitant to sit with these verses. I I didn't automatically feel um, just you know, oh, geez, I'm like, Martha, you fussed at Martha. So I want to stay away from these verses because I don't want to feel like you're fussing at me. But it kind of pulled me towards them more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I just kind of continued to, to sit with them. So after a while, then I, what I started to kind of see as I sat with these passages was her, her phrasing when she went to him. She goes to him and she says, Lord, do you not care that my Mm -hmm. sister has left me to do the work by myself? And, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that phrase, do you not care? It, I guess maybe I was reading this during a time where I felt like I was walking through sort of a a period I didn't want to be in. It was lasting Mm -hmm. longer than I wanted it to last because I didn't want it at all, to be honest. Um. And so those words, do you not care? They just really spoke right to my heart. They echoed everything that that my heart was crying out. Do you not see me? Do I not matter? Do what I'm going through over here, does this not matter to you? Do, do my wants, do my desires, do my feelings not matter? Do you see me? Do you love me? Do you care about me? And, and yes, I, like clearly... Jesus sees her, loves her, cares about her. Jesus came to her. Jesus could have gone to anyone's house. Jesus is Mm -hmm. sitting there in her home. But even though he was sitting there in her home, what she felt was, you don't care. Mm -hmm. And it just sort of highlighted me how important, or highlighted for me how important it is for me to always remember to pause and evaluate my feelings because the way I feel in a situation is not necessarily the truth about the situation, Mm -hmm. especially if my feeling is that God doesn't care um, Mm -hmm. because, because he does. And so I felt like he was kind of speaking to me in that setting um, kind of a cautioning me about not being in a place where I let my feelings become my reality and Mm -hmm. then only act from those feelings
0: yes no I think that's a again another really good observation and takeaway from this I think one of the reasons we always we just kind of make this scene like a characterization like you know Martha's the busy one and Mary's the I don't know more chill one but um Right. Like they're, but they're complex characters. And so I like how you're giving her this dimension of like, here she has Jesus sitting in her house. Like, obviously she is loved and she is cared for. Um, and that's relatable for us too. Because I think I think about the times I'm like in mass and then Jesus is really literally becoming present for me and I'm distracted, you know, like I'm busying my mind and busying myself with it, but he's literally becoming present to me. Do you know? I feel like right. that's something that, and that's kind of what he's calling her out on and what he probably is trying to call me out on or like what you're describing, like he is there present with us, but yet we're, we're worrying and busying and burdening ourselves with everything else, which I think is what, you know, we usually take away from this uh, passage. Yeah. What else would you like to say about it?
1: So then, because this passage keeps on. (laughs) um, (laughs) So then I kind of started to think about the fact, I started to sit with this passage, not just staring at martha but kind of like in the room with mary and jesus um in what you know in my head is like this beautiful time of jesus teaching and and jesus is speaking so clearly there's just you know peace and and wonderfulness happening in the room and and in like barges martha Mm. um you know, she didn't call gently from the kitchen. Hey, Mary, could you help mm-hmm. me? <laughs> um, hey, Mary, I could use an extra set of hands. Like, none of that happened. She just, in my head anyway, the way I was envisioning this, barges into the room where they are and, and sort of re- speaks in this kind of angry, demanding, you know, don't you care about me? Tell her to help me um, manner. And, and Mary, if I was... Mary, or as I watched this scene unfold in you know in my imagination, I felt like Mary probably felt attacked. You know, to be honest, you know she's she's sitting there, she's sitting with Jesus, she's listening, and out of nowhere, Mary kind of comes at her, and and this maybe happened during a period of my life where I was um, having some repeated interactions with someone who was just feeling angry about a lot of things. And and I was struggling with knowing how to uh, respond to that individual in their anger, how to love them through their anger, um, how to not respond in a manner that was purely defensive and argumentative back, because that wasn't going to help the situation. But how often is that just my natural tendency you know to respond in that in that way. Um, and so I just kind of started sitting with these verses uh, and really kind of asking Mary and Jesus, you know can show me, show me how to respond to anger. Show me show me because I I know my natural tendency to want to argue back is, is not going to be helpful. And so now you've given me this example in this passage of Martha barging in angry show me what to do. And and I felt for a long time, actually, that there was no answer, um, that both Mary and, and and Jesus were kind of being quiet. Um, and then as I continued to sit with the verses, I started to really pay attention, not just to how the fact that Mary just sat there and didn't argue back, but, but really to pay attention to Jesus's response to Martha, the way that he responded and the words he used. And this took This took intention. This took me not rushing through the verses the way I would speak. And this is something that I have to be conscious of when I read scripture, because if I'm not careful, I very quickly and easily assign my tone Mm -hmm. um, to Jesus, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as opposed to maybe sitting with scripture and kind of asking the Holy Spirit beforehand you know, can you show me how Jesus would actually respond or can you actually speak and help me hear you through these words and not just help me hear me through these words? And so I think in the past, I had always kind of heard this last verse um, or these last verses um, spoken by Jesus was sort of that um, Jan Brady, Martha, Martha, you know, <laughs> you're right and <laughs> upset, like you chose the, you chose the wrong part, yeah. you know, like that sort of sarcastic, you messed up response. But then as I sat with these verses and really allowed Jesus to speak through them, instead of just hearing my voice through them, I started to realize that, you know, that's probably actually not how Jesus responded. Mm -hmm. Um, My, at least in my imaginative prayer, the way Jesus responded was very gentle and tender. And so I just started to wonder if, you know, when he, with gentleness and tenderness and love and compassion in his voice said her name and met her her hard feelings instead of arguing back instead of being sarcastic to her instead of just admonishing her if he actually used words that let her know that she was seen and she was heard so she comes to him feeling upset. She's distracted. She's burdened. Um, she comes to him in anger and he responds and says, you know, Martha, I see you. I, mm-hmm. I see that you're anxious. I see that you're, you're troubled. I see that you're worried. Um, and I just started to wonder like, what if this was the first time that Martha actually felt seen mm-hmm. and felt Heard. Mm-hmm. and so Jesus saying her name wasn't just this you know sarcastic whiny um, hurry up and sit down so I can finish my my teaching over here the way I would probably respond um, but just a response full of love that let her know that she was seen and that alone would probably be a far better way for me to listen to someone else who is angry mm-hmm. than what is likely my natural tendency. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I remember when we talked last time, we talked about that, having, reading Jesus's words with our tone versus like, wow, he probably actually, (laughs) and I I remember that. And that's such a good tip and tool. And I love the way that you sit with scripture and really have to push through. Because again, at this this initial reading, we're just like, oh, Martha. But like, I sitting down and reading this with you now too, I also kind of was drawn to how Jesus he addresses and and like you said, like he sees her and acknowledges like, I know your stress. Like he says to her, you are anxious and worried about many things like and he says her name, like how beautiful that he calls her by name. So like those yeah. those that is a gentle like I I know I see you. I understand you. And, and I, I'm sure that it was said very lovingly. And I think we always just focus on how like Mary and Mary really when you were talking about like searching for how Mary would respond to this, like it doesn't really say. You know, it just says how, how Jesus responds. And as we've kind of dissected, I think it would have been in this loving, you know, just matter of fact way. Like I see you, but like, this is how I would.
1: And and perhaps that's why I, perhaps in the beginning, I was really just asking Mary, Mary, what did you say? What did you do? Mm -hmm. How did you respond? And I wasn't getting an answer because I think Jesus wanted me to see like, hello, I showed you how I responded. (laughs) It's such a It's right there. Look at what I said. (laughs) Just ask me how I responded to her in her anger. Yeah, I love
0: how we've really kind of examined Martha and I hope given her some justice. And I know that in the passage (laughs) I referenced in um, with John with the raising of Lazarus, their brother, like Martha does, I feel like, get her redemption. Like she is the one who goes to Jesus and like they had, like she recognizes him as like the resurrection of life and like names it. So I feel like she does get her justice, but I love how we also kind of have given her some of that here. Um, I do want to talk a little bit before we wrap up about Mary and maybe why her posture was the proper posture. Um, you know, cause she's, you know, she's mentioned in, 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 he says, like, this is what I want you to do. So I think we probably should talk about why that was good. Um, in my footnotes, you know, all it says is that he she sat by his feet. And the footnotes for verse 39 say uh, for me that sat beside the Lord at his feet. It's remarkable for the first century Palestine Judaism that a woman would assume the posture of a disciple at the master's feet. Um, so I just I always love these situations where women and Jesus, you know, even the fact that Martha's talking to Jesus, is just. I don't know. What do you make of, yeah. of Mary's posture? Cause I feel like that's something good for us to look at and reflect on.
1: Well, so that, um, that's actually a, a, a wonderful segue into the last thing mm-hmm. that Jesus has been showing me with these verses. Um, so what he has recently kind of, um, challenged me to do or, or what we have been working on, we being Jesus mm-hmm. and myself, um, You know, because I, from the very beginning, felt like I saw so much of myself in Martha and then was able to see all these different things that Martha could could teach me, I started to feel that Jesus wanted me to evaluate why I maybe naturally respond like Martha or, or am like Martha in this passage. Why am I in the kitchen, preparing the food and not sitting at his feet as Mary is. Um, am I willing to and comfortable enough with Jesus to let him kind of take me back to see what is it inside of me that makes me stay in the kitchen and and do the work? Or, um, what is it that that has sort of guided my life as far as me being the perfectionist, me being the one who's always doing and making and creating and making sure that it's all good and all perfect. Um, why am I doing that? And so that's kind of where Jesus and I are right now. I mean, I think that I think he's going to continue to take me down this path, but what he's shown me a little bit so far this, this kind of pulls in now another verse actually from, from Genesis um, in the very beginning after um, God creates Adam and Eve. And then um, Eve, as we know, takes the apple and and takes it and, and gives some to Adam, their response in their shame, in their embarrassment, in their feeling of littleness, um, their response was that they created uh, coverings for themselves from um, the animal skins is, is what we're told. And so I was reading something about that and it, it mentioned, it just had this little one-line statement about how they hid or because of their shame, they hid behind a product of their own creation. And That statement really spoke to me. And as I felt that Jesus was asking me to evaluate why I'm like Martha in the kitchen and not sitting at his feet like Mary, why I've lived my whole life like that, the doing, the creating, the working, the can't sit down, the, the reason, at least partially for me, I think comes from some like deep sense or feeling that in some way there's something about me that's not good enough. There's something about me that is um, that could be better. So whether it's because or, or when whether this kind of plays out as I you know flip through social media posts and and I see images of other women and I compare my body to theirs and declare mine to be not good enough. It doesn't look like theirs does. Or um, someone shows up at my house and I don't want to let you in, you know, all the way into the den. Let's just hang out in the foyer and then leave to go get coffee uh, because my house is a disaster. And um, that makes me feel like I'm not a good enough homemaker or I prepare dinner for my family. And I don't just want my family to say thank you. I actually want them to tell me that they liked it, that it was, really good. Um, because I'm, I'm almost like seeking through this perfectionist life that I have. I am almost like seeking, I I don't know, approval or, or acknowledgement or praise because there's some, something inside that makes me feel or some way that I feel not enough not good enough. And, and I don't know, maybe this is like a core wound in many people. Maybe this is all a personal thing I <laughs> need to continue working on. But but I felt like he was saying to me, okay, when you in that moment feel not enough, you have a choice. One choice is you can enter the kitchen and you can start doing and making and creating to hide behind what you're creating and making and doing. So, you don't have to face that little subtle feeling of not feeling enough. Or when you have that feeling, come to me immediately. Sit at my feet. Let me love you right there in that moment where you don't feel good enough, where you feel little. Let me love you there. And so, I don't know Mary's backstory. I don't know Martha's backstory. I just, know that as he has used these verses over this past year, each time he's inviting me to sit with them, he's kind of taking me deeper and deeper and deeper. And right now the place where he's asking me to focus is, yes, the very different response or the very different actions we see Martha and Mary taking in this passage. And in my life, what what's driving me to be one way Versus the other way, and why, for my life, would it be that choosing the path of Mary and sitting at his feet is the better way? Mm-hmm. I think that's really well said. I think
0: a lot of us can relate to that. I don't think that you're alone in that. I think a lot of us can relate to I I, I remember having a spiritual director who, and this was like in my twenties and, and I'm blessed that like, I figured and I'm not that I have it all figured out, but I, I feel like I addressed a lot of my issues, you know, earlier on. And um, even though we're all still working, but um, she said something about like, do you <laughs> feel like you have to like pretty yourself up for prayer? And that really did like strike, like strike me. Like, I feel like I had to have like my, you know, my notebook and like my pen and like I had to have my posture. And like, it was kind of for me, like a, a fixing myself up and then, I had to write in a certain way and pray in a certain way. And it was all, because I'm a very structured person. And so, you know, when I find myself going into those rote, some you know, there's something about rope prayer, like in having routine that's helpful, but I have to challenge myself. and, like, am I really praying deep? Like, am I really going deeper? Am I just like putting myself up? So it looks like I'm praying or it, it feels like I'm praying, but I'm not actually yeah. going to him sitting at his feet and like, in the mess, you know, going to him. And I, I, I right. think that's a challenge yeah. that, you know, you're not alone in. And that I think it's a good challenge for us to take away from this, from this passage, you know, how are we going to approach prayer? How are we going to approach going to Jesus? Are we going to have to like get it all together and busy ourselves? Or can we just go to him as we are and just like throw ourselves? Cause it is really beautiful posture. I like that image of like really throwing myself at
1: his feet. I think that's a really yes. yeah, good image. Any last things you want to say before we wrap up? No, I think that's it. I trust he's going to keep talking through these verses, but, um, but I think that's it. I I love,
0: I love the way that we were able to examine this. And like I said, I think a lot of women can relate. So, um, at the end, you know, I like to give people a chance to, to plug. So I've mentioned some of your projects. What would you like us to check out or how can we find you?
1: Um, so yes, I don't have any special projects, but you can check me out. I have, uh, an Instagram page, Early AM Coffee with Jesus. um, And that's actually on Instagram and on Facebook. And it has really become my personal prayer journal. I'm a visual person. And so uh, for me to be able to flip through my own squares, I have learned can be a tremendous blessing. Uh, And so they are out there if anybody else wants to look at them.
0: Awesome. And yeah, I know I follow you on Instagram and Uh it's it they are beautiful reflections, like kind of like what we're doing here, like whatever your your scripture is for that morning. I love how you share your your very real (laughs) down-to-earth reflections, um, very personal. And um, I'm also on Instagram, so you can find me at Seven Mile Chats, all spelled out. If you'd like to be a guest, let me know. You can message me. I'm also on Twitter at Miss Ruckley1 M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y-1. And I tweet about what's going on in my classroom since I'm an educator. Uh, but Jen it was so it's I love the way you approach scripture so thank you for sharing this passage with us.
1: Oh thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, bye everyone.